Church, thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders, and we're so glad and thankful that you're joining us tonight. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets. It used to be on Thursday evening, but we've done a little bit of changes and some pivots, and now this is our our Wednesday evening conversation. So we have two online classes every week now. It's this class. Uh, the conversation through the law and the prophets, and then it's our Sunday morning class, the letters of John. Mm-hmm. And I currently, I think you're in First John. First John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're going through the the letter of First John, and uh, it's a great class. So I want to encourage you if you haven't checked that out yet, make sure to to check that out. You should see it somewhere in the playlist down below. So again, we're so thankful that you joined us tonight. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 18. We're going to see how far we get. I'm pretty excited for the class. Not huh? far. I bet. <laughs> I bet we don't get far. <laughs> you wanted to do two chapters tonight. I wanted to try to get into uh, up to 1930. But, yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Everybody <laughs> no. right, that's watching and knows me knows that's not going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Well, let's get into it. You're right. Yeah. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study tonight. We pray that you bless us as we study. We pray that you be with Cole and I as we navigate through this and as we talk about it. We pray for all of those that are watching and that will be watching. We pray, Father, that they'll uh, that they'll learn and they'll grow and they'll have an opportunity, Father, not only to, to hear some new stuff, but to be able to apply it to their lives. But bless all of us, Father, as we navigate through this, these two next two chapters. And, uh, and thank you so much for this avenue and this venue that we have where we can do this online and so many people have the opportunity to watch. And thank you again for, for that, uh, for the privilege of, of being able to do this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you something, Dan. Okay. Why do you pray? Why do I pray? Uh, you know, I, I pray, you know, I don't, I don't pray conventional like most people do. I don't think I, uh, I have an open line of communication that I'm just kind of thinking and talking to God pretty much most of the time. Uh, I'm not really, a, uh, I don't have a set time when I, when I say I'm going to pray for 20 minutes, something like that. It, for me, it gets to, it gets too, uh, uh, too repetitive. I find myself repeating things over and over. I know people that write all their stuff down, and that's good for them. For me, what's good for me is for me to, to meditate and to think about my the life that I'm living, and uh, and I, because I know that the Father's listening to me, I know He is, I know He promises that He hears us, and He and when we talk to Him, He'll listen, and I know, you know, I mean, I, I uh, we had breakfast this morning, you know, because we're recording this on Monday and not Wednesday, but uh, this this is first Monday, and we we and. And uh, and I told everybody I said we did a little devotional and I told everybody I said would you would you uh, uh, don't forget to thank the cooks and my little grandson popped up in the back he's sitting over there with his daddy and he says thank you and I said I'm not the cook <laughs> but you know I, but you know he's what three Tyson's three and and I heard him and I'm not his father I'm his grandfather. And he's important to me. He's really important to me. All of my grandkids are important to me, but he's really important. And I and I knew right then if if he's important to me, I know how important I am to the father. So I know the father's listening to me too. If I listen to what Tyson says, and I can't understand half of what he says, well, when I when I listen to him, I really am trying to understand. 
and I know the Father's listening to me as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk to him. You know, I don't under, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I'm going to talk to him, and I'm going to talk to him about what concerns me. I'm going to talk to him about your family. I'm going to talk to him about my family. I'm going to talk to him about a lot of families here. And then during the day, you know, I, I, I will have talked to, to him about a lot of things during the day because uh, it says that, that a righteous man meditates on the law day and night. And I think a, a person who is committed to God is going to going to have a, a, a communication line. He's going to have he's going to have a relationship with his father, and and that's what I want to have. And I think that's what prayer for me is. It's me exercising my relationship with my father in a in a in a in a verbal way. That's what I think prayer is for me. So. I don't do it, to, you know, like I said, like like many conventional people do. Uh, I mean, I can say a prayer like I just did. I can do that. That's easy. that's that's not a problem. And I believe I'm talking to him. But during the day, I'm going to talk to him this way, all day long, in and out. I'll be driving. I don't usually listen to radio. I don't put radio on in the car because there are things that are going to pop in my head that I need to talk to him about, and that distracts me. And I'm not going to be distracted by that. So I just don't listen to a lot of radio, you know. I don't listen to a lot of music or anything like that. I just, I it's quiet and I can I can talk, mm-hmm. and he'll and he'll and sometimes I'll talk out loud to him. I think I think he's a, I think that's the I think for me I think that's what he's looking for from me. That's just what I do, and I do it because I think he's listening. No, I don't think I know he's listening. I know he hears me and I know he wants me. You know what? You know how how, you know you got little kids. Mm-hmm. You know, how important is it for your little kids to talk to you? Oh, huge. Enjoy it while you have it. Because there'll come a point when they have their own lives, they won't want to talk to you as much as, the, as they did before. They just won't. It won't be anything against you. It just it'll be they'll have their own lives. And you won't talk as much. And you'll have to develop more of that. And uh, and I think, uh, I think for us to have that communication line with our father is... Uh, is very important to him. You bring it. You bring out an interesting point in that, which is you know his aspect, which is the, the dynamic from his perspective, which is that he wants to hear from us. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I've I've certainly been guilty of feeling at times that I have things on my plate that are just unworthy of his attention. Mm-hmm. You know that well, this is such a small thing. He doesn't. You know, of course, forgetting the scope of everything, which is it's all small kind of to him. You know? <laughs> When you create everything, but it's not small in the sense that his care towards us. How how young is your youngest? Four. How important is what she's thinking to her? Incredibly important, I imagine. Then how important should that be to you? The same, I imagine. There you go. God knows that I'm like three or four years old. And it's important what I'm thinking. It's important to him because he is the best father ever. There isn't a better father. So if, if you think it's important for you to, to, to find important what she's thinking and talking about, then how do you think he's thinking? Hmm. Way better than you at it. Yeah. Way better. You know, I was sitting there talking to little Tyson this morning, and, and, and you know, for many of you know that Hannah had a, had a, a, a blip uh, yesterday. She, uh, she got smacked to the ground and popped her chin open, and, and they had to take her to the doctor and, and I just asked uh, Tyson about that. how'd that go. To, to clarify, hmm? nobody smacked this child. No, 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 no. She uh, <laughs> she got caught by the door of the annex, 
and the wind yes. was blowing and the door if you know that building that when the wind catches that door it'll whip it out of your hands and this is a little bitty two-year-old about that big and it whipped her and it smacked her on face right. first in the, in the on the concrete so she had a she had a cut in the bottom of her chin and i asked tyson about it and he said oh yeah he said yeah we went to the doctor he said we saw two doctors really yeah one of them didn't know what he was doing <laughs> This is a three-year-old. You know, you know, was that important? Yeah, it was important to me. I wanted to hear. Man, after that statement, I want to hear more of what he had to say. <laughs> Don't you think fathers look and say, really? I sure like to hear some more. Because he's a good father. He's better than we are at this. And That's I true. know he wants to hear from us. Oh, so we need to talk to him. Well, no matter how trivial it seems to us, it's not to him. Because he loves us. That's going to be a really interesting perspective. So I really hope all of you can hold on to that perspective as we go through this text, because we're going to see Abraham do something in this text, which I've heard a lot of people talk about before. I've heard a lot of people preach on before, but I've never thought about it from this kind of perspective. Maybe that's my own fault, but hold on to it. And so I think it's going to be incredibly important as we when we get there. So hold hold on to that idea. But well, you need to tell them where where we're going to find that. At. Well, we're we're in Genesis chapter eighteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're going to see here at the end of the chapter. And understand something, folks. I don't even know what he's talking about. So we didn't talk about this before. Here. No. So here at the end of the chapter, we're going to see um, Abraham talk to God. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see God's response. And I think it's vitally important that we keep this in mind when we get there. And so this, this idea that he cares about what we say. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't looked at it from that perspective before. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there in the text. It's, it's, it's a little bit ways to go. So let's, let's open this up. Um, so this is in Genesis chapter 18. Now, remember in Genesis chapter 17, we had the covenant uh, yep. given to mm-hmm. Abraham. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the promises ratified in a covenant. Yep. And so we, I think we, in, in under the covenant of circumcision, and mm-hmm. we, in Genesis yep. chapter 15, mm-hmm. we had some of those promises also ratified in a covenant. Uh, so... Don't get confused there. No. Two different covenants in yep. 15 and 17. So in 18, this is right after that. And so this is a narrative that extends all the way into Genesis through Genesis 19 and 20. Um, I believe in chapter 20 it continues. So we're not going to get through all of it today, but we will start it today. So let's get let's get into the text. And we will and we will tie it together as we go yes. over the next couple of weeks. Because there are just so many lessons. We're not yes. going to get through. There's just so many no, things to talk won't. about here. So let's get into it. In chapter 18, this is verse 1. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. Now, do you think he knew that this was the Lord? No, I don't think so. Not here. I don't I don't think so. I mean it doesn't sound like he knows. He knows these are that these are, are, are travelers. Mm-hmm. And the, the common courtesy of the day would be to give them, you know, to let them come in and take a take a uh, you know, go to the bathroom and that kind of well here in this culture is to it, I'm gonna you know here's some water to wash your feet and kind of clean up a little bit. Right. And then I'm going to feed you. So stick around for a while and I'll feed you. So I don't, I think he would have done this for anybody in that culture. This is normal for their culture that they would do this. Okay. And, and yet, you know, definitely at the beginning, the narrator makes it clear 
that it's the Lord who appeared. Yes. In verse 1. I want yeah. to point that out. Notice. But I don't think Abraham actually realized it here. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. He will. All right. So then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. So this is like a whole operation. I mean, it, it, I mean it, he's butchering a calf. Yeah, this this is this is ours. This is, this is, a, this is, <laughs> this ours. is a big deal. Okay. I mean, you know, a, a guy that butchers butchers and it does he can do this pretty quickly, okay? You can do it really quick and, and get it done. But then you have to roast the meat. You have to cook the meat out of open fire. I mean, they don't have, you know, I mean, they, they, this is primitive. Right. So right. it's going to take a while. All right. So he does all this. He prepares it. And then while they're eating, he stands near them under a tree. I think this is where we're going to start to get the clue, though. He's got an idea. He's fixing to get an idea here. Yeah. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. They're in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. That, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I would do. I think I would be terrified. Well, I think I'd be like Sarah, just absolutely terrified. <laughs> you know, at this I'm, point, you know, it says it tells us in the scripture in the New Testament that we that we can entertain angels unaware. Mm-hmm. Okay, God can walk in and out of our lives without us knowing that. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm. Do they know here? Or do they do they have? You know, she's she's laughing because she may be laughing at this guy because you know I understand she did laugh. You're right. And he does challenge her. No, he doesn't. He does say, "Yes, you did laugh. Yes, you did." Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I just have a, uh, you know, I know this is not the first time that they've been told that they're going to have a son. Well, they already know they're old. I mean, going all the way back, they've been told. I, but just the last chapter, we just dealt with it when he said, he said, "Why couldn't Ishmael be?" do this remember right right Mm -hmm. so he would they know that here and he said well couldn't you just do it with ishmael why because i really don't think this is possible yeah it's what we talked about last week that's right well here he said here these three guys come up he don't know who he is they're just travelers he's just he's just being hospitable and now all of a sudden this guy speaks up and says you know what i want to know where your wife is okay how do you know my wife how do you know her how do you know my Mm -hmm. wife's name now you're getting an inkling Sarah's listening at the, at the entrance to the tent, and she's looking at it and saying, oh, wait a minute. You know, this fool, he don't know me. Not really laughing at God, but laughing about the situation. Because Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that she believed. All right? Even in her old age, she believed. It, I don't think she believed it here, though. Here? You don't think so? 
doesn't seem like it to me. And this is and this is what I love this because in in two chapters we get this really strong challenge to the way how we would consider yes, disbelief and doubt. Mm-hmm. Right? I look at this. I go back to to Genesis chapter 17 and I look at what Abraham did, right? Mm-hmm. You know, let Ishmael live before you, right? Mm-hmm. What, you don't have to do it this way. Let, you know, it's all let's put it all on Ishmael. Let it come through Ishmael. And I look at that and I say, "Man, he doubted." But in Romans chapter 4, Paul makes it very clear that that's not how God looked at the situation. Even though in my earthly mind, this is how I would perceive doubting. This is what I would call doubting. But God doesn't look at that. And now, now Paul does note that he had to be strengthened, that Abraham being strengthened in his faith went out and continued, right? And so here we come to this section of text where I would say Sarah didn't believe it because he says it clearly, right? She laughs and then he says, uh, where is it? Now Sarah was listening at the entrance and uh, so Sarah laughed to herself. After I'm worn out, then the Lord said, oh, no, no, that's even before that. Excuse me. That's not what I wanted to point out. He goes, then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your little wife, will have a son. Where where am I at here? Yeah. And so already being old, she goes, there's no way. And then he says, look, is anything too hard? It was farther down. My apologies. Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? I think at that point, she goes, well, no. And they'd already been promised. So my thinking on it is simply this, because do you have Hebrews chapter 11 there? Mm-hmm. Read it. It says, uh, uh, let's see, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. So that that so this process that he goes through with her, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He still considers her faithful, Absolutely, even though yep. she struggled here. Mm-hmm. There was some struggling here. I'm going to visit you this no. time next year. She's laughing. She's laughing. She's laughing. She's laughing. She's like, mm-hmm. no, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. He goes, consider, consider, think about it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And that's Lord, capitalist. That's Yahweh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Moses is is writing this stuff. He's putting this stuff together, right? Mm-hmm. He's handing it to a group that's wandering through the wilderness, and they have two examples of people struggling to believe what the Lord has said. And they come around, and they say, when they're challenged, they come around, and they say, okay. So what does this mean for audience? Well, I think it's I think it is a for me anyway. I don't I can't speak to them okay. specifically, but for me, it's a it's a huge peace of mind because. There are times in my life that I know what the Lord has promised me. For example, right? He has promised as long as I pursue his righteousness, mm-hmm. food and clothing will be added and be added to me. I know that promise. It's not always easy believing it. No, it's not. If that's you not went an easy that, thing. You? I did go through that. Mm-hmm. And I, I I fall back and I talk about the lot because it is something I went through. It's a huge trial in my life having to let go and live on support and do all those things and not and not and not enough support. And not enough support at that. And so, and not have to rely on myself. Now, the whole time we were at Sunset, and even even after that, we've never wanted mm-hmm. in any way. The Lord has always provided. He's always met our needs. There's never been, and so I've grown in faith because of it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of his promises, here's another one, I'm forgiven. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Sometimes. Yeah, it is a tough one. It is that tough. That one's tough. You know why? Because I have to look at myself in the mirror every That's day. That's right. Yeah. Because I have to look at myself and I have to go, man, I'm, I'm still failing in some of these things. Yeah. I'm still falling in, a lot in some of, things. of these things. In a lot of things. And most so, of us, we could say, I'm failing in a lot of this stuff. I, I Even maybe I'm failing more often than not. Yeah. 
I, seems I like it sometimes. Some people, seems like it. And it yet, does. I'm still forgiven. Mm-hmm. If I'm still pursuing him, if I'm still going after him, mm-hmm. um, if I'm still getting up and going, you know what? I'm going to continue to walk. I'm going to continue to pursue. I think this is a huge peace of mind because we can see the struggle that people well, have. I think I think it is too for think think for Adam for Abraham and Sarah because they don't take the promise away, even though they're standing right there watching her laugh. They don't take the promise away. No, they don't. They said, God's going to do this. God's already planned to do this. Whether you believe it for sure or not, whether you have some doubts, that's okay. Because God can still do it. No matter what your doubts are in your life, if you st- if you stay mm. focused on God and you stay committed to Him and you stay going forward instead of backwards, hmm. God's can st- still going to work His plan out. Whether you doubt or not, He's still He is still capable of providing you food and clothes even if you don't think it's going to happen. All you have to do is not let that doubt undermine your progression forward. That's right. If that's when the problem comes, is when we and when we digress backwards and start going away from him instead of continuing to go for, towards him. Doubt's okay. Belief's great. Doubt's okay. God, you know, you you think you think little Tyson had some doubts. He what they're standing there and of course, they're all looking around because they all think they're going to get blamed because all the adults are looking, which one of y'all pushed her down? Which one of y'all, you know, we finally figured out where the blood was, we kind of did some detective, finally figured out what exactly happened, you know, and, and you know, and, and so... Got CSI on the scene. Yeah, a little bit, you know. And <laughs> you don't think those kids had some doubts? I mean, they saw, I mean, there's blood gushing out of this little girl's, out of her chin, man. I mean, it's gushing out. I mean, it's blood, man. Right. And, uh, and you know, here I'm telling paramedic, you know what I'm talking about. And, you know, face bleeds a lot. Oh, yeah. And it can, you know, and and you don't think that little boy had some doubts? That his daddy's going to be able to take care of this? Mm. I mean, they, we wouldn't even let them get close to see the cut. They, they had to stay away from it. They just saw, you know, and he's outside and he said, Daddy, here's some. And he's pointing the blood spots out so we can try to figure out where she was and what happened to her. And he's he's pointing out the blood spot. You don't think that that little boy in his th- only short three years hmm. had some doubts about you know this ain't this this is gonna be bad man this ain't never gonna get good. I remember my brother one time we were going to chop cotton and uh, and my grandfather had been spending all morning sharpening the hose had enough hose for everybody and he's got this file and he's sharpening it, and they're and they're sharp man these things are sharp. And, uh, and he throws them in the back seat, and my brother jumps in without any shoes on. Yep. Right on one of those toes sticking up like this and sliced the bottom of his foot open. And uh, I can still remember thinking, oh, my God, he's going to lose his foot. I didn't like him very much, but I didn't want him to lose his foot. <laughs> you know. But, but, you know, I'm doubting whether anybody's going to be able to do anything. My grandmother, grandfather, no problem, man. Didn't didn't miss a beat, man. Took him, cleaned it up, you know, did whatever they did, wrapped it up, and it was fine. We went out and chopped cotton. It wasn't near as bad as I thought it was. It looked a whole lot worse to me than it actually was. Mm. That's God looks at it and says, "Guy, it's not that bad. I got this. Mm. I'm okay. You're okay. I know it looks traumatic to you." But it's really not that big a deal. So you laughed. I'm going to make sure you know I know you laughed, but I'm going to take care of it. 
How important is it to remember this today? Oh, it's huge, man. It's huge. You know, because we got so many people telling us we're no good. <laughs> you know, the, our whole, you know, you know, I mean, uh, we're, how many, how many 21-year-old blonde-haired, blue-eyed women do you know that are selling shampoo? How many, you ever met any of them? Selling shampoo? Yeah, selling stuff on TV. How many of you ever, you ever met any? Most people are not like that. We're not that kind of people. You know, we're overweight. We're too tall. We're too short. Oh, okay. I get you what see you're what I'm saying? saying? I get what you're saying yeah. We're not all like that. So society is telling us, yeah, you don't measure up. If you don't look like this, you don't measure up. Mm. You see? So the, all everything around us is telling us that we're not any good. And God's saying, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Don't ever forget. Guys, don't ever forget. You have a relationship with God. God says you are mine. Mm. You're mine. And you you can't, you know, I don't care how much you doubt. I'm your father. I'm your father. You know, Paul didn't have to explain to Tyson what he was going to do. It wasn't in the cards for him to explain to Tyson what he was going to do. You know what he did? Got in the car and took him down to the walk-in clinic. Walk-in clinic said, we can't help you. Took him right across the street to Detar Children's Hospital. And got her fixed up there. See, did Tyson know all that stuff? No. no. Did he need to be privy to it? No. Why? Because his father had it under control. You know, this reminds me quite a bit about, um, is it in Luke, where uh, he Jesus tells the guy, just have faith. Uh-huh. And just believe. And he says, help Please my forgive unbelief. my unbelief. Yeah, yep. help, help my please unbelief. Forgive. And, and we, have to, we have to do that too. God, please forgive me that I don't believe you enough. But it... It changes, in my mind anyway, it changes the whole dynamic of what doubting really Absolutely is. Absolutely it does. I mean, these these past two chapters have just been eye-opening for well, me. What it does, Cole, is it changes what we're buying into. Yeah, for sure. Don't buy into the rhetoric of, of, of evil and what Satan is trying to pass out here. Because that's not the truth. God loves us. He loved Abraham and Sarah. He, he loves did. them. He and does. he's gonna, he's gonna, and he loves us because he's fixing to bless them with a child. That means he loves us too because this child, this is where this whole seed line is coming from. Remember we talked about that before. Remember, we talked about it. So it wasn't Noah, wasn't Abraham. Yeah. He's still coming. That promise is still coming. Correct. That's what we're looking for. Yes. He's coming, and he's coming through this guy. That's right. That's who he's coming from. You know, so God's God's gonna give him here, and God's got it. But he doesn't need Abraham and Sarah to know all of his plan. No. Just like Tyson didn't even know when they got back in the car and she's still bleeding or she still got this thing. You know, and he's going, well, what? We, what, we're not going to get this fixed? <laughs> what do you think a three-year-old's thinking? So they drive across it because it's just right across the street, right across the highway. And he goes over to that hospital. And, and he said, and what was his solution this morning? Oh, yeah, we went, to, we went to two doctors. One of them, he didn't know what he was doing. The other one, he was really good. He was really good. He got her all fixed up. That's his perspective. But it's my perspective. Man, this is this hopeless. It's hopeless. God says, no, it's not. I got this. It's all right. It's okay you don't you don't you're not trusting right now. It's okay. That's what we need to camp out of this. Absolutely. I think, I think so. It's fantastic. Really displays his his absolute love. Because I mean, how often do we think that that, that God's up there with a baseball bat waiting to clobber me? Well, but that's but a lot of religions, a lot of denominational religions. That's the impression of God that you that you get from them. 
Yeah. You know, and well, because think about it, he's he's walked with God and Sarah. Both of them have walked with God for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's thirty years. Seventy-five. He was seventy-five mm -hmm. when he was called, and so we're we're talking about almost thirty years here yeah. that he's walked with God close to it, and and there are still some struggles here. Of course. And you know, I'm thinking in my head, you know, man, somebody who should know the game, who doesn't know the game, mm -hmm. and they're making a mistake like this, mm -hmm. they're getting clobbered. Mm -hmm. They're going to get clobbered. Mm -hmm. That's not God. Yeah. God here, he doesn't even look at this as, I mean, I, I would think of this as like a major speed bump. Like I said earlier, you know, I, I'd be terrified. You know, I laughed at what something God said. And that's not how he looks at it. Nope. He looks at it. In fact, he doesn't He, he doesn't even take it into consideration so much that she's in Hebrews chapter 11 as yeah. a hero of faith. Yeah. This chapter woman. Of, chapter of the faithful. Who yeah. laughed. Yeah. Chapter of faithful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, church, if you haven't read through that chapter... You need to read encourage you because you know what you're gonna find there a lot of people. a lot of despicable individuals. <laughs> there are some there are some people with some real issues. We got real set up. Uh, I, I tell this story very quickly. We got very we at sunset students at sunset right. We got real set up. We were going through the book of Judges and we started talking about Samson. Uh oh. And we are all supposed to have read right. And so we were supposed to have read that chapter and stuff. So we come back and the instructors ask us, so "What do you think about Samson?" Oh, and it starts going off. Oh, he's a fool. And oh my gosh, what an idiot. And all this stuff, right? Just, just you know, people putting their feet in their mouth left and right. And um, he goes, that's that's real interesting. Yeah. How many of you think he's faithful? Not a hand. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. None of y'all went to Hebrews chapter 11. <sighs> yeah. And it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a humbling day. <laughs> well, you know, that's for sure. we have, we have. A perspective of God sometimes that's just not valid. Absolutely. It's not biblical. That's right. And the problem is, is a lot of biblical people got a wrong impression of God and tried to promote that wrong impression of God. He is not an ogre mm -hmm. sitting on a throne looking to clobber you with a lightning bolt. No. He is a father who loves you unconditionally. If you come to him on where he can adopt you. We've talked about this before. You know, I talk to you. Watch my Sunday morning class. You know, we've talked about it at length. Go look at go look at the ones we put out so far about you know about being obedient to Him. If I have a relationship with Him, I'm going to be obedient to Him. I'm going to walk like His Son did. I'm going to love you in spite of you. That's what He said. That's the characteristics of someone who knows God. And and you know and I and He said you know I have Jesus who is my atoning sacrifice. He is, he is my atoning sacrifice. He made sin, the, the sin problem, go away. I don't have a sin problem. Do I sin? Yes. But it is no longer an, a judgment issue anymore because of Jesus. Because I was, I was faithful to him. I'm faithful to him. I've been obedient to him. I've been baptized to Christ. I'm living a faithful life to him. And so, you know, I have, I have a, a father now who has adopted me. Now I have... A father. Father. Man. We're going to see that exact dynamic. Let's keep going. So in verse 16, when the men got up to leave, they looked down toward Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. 
Now, for me, when I read that, I could just imagine Moses looking at the exile or the the uh, the people wandering through the wilderness, <laughs> talking to them as he writes this, or looking at them directly, because how often did they? I mean, how often did they struggle in believing that? I could only imagine that this story speaks volumes. What I'm thinking here is you got three men who have come by Abraham. He has stopped them. He has fed them. He has conversated with them. They have made a promise to him, and they get up to leave, and he is walking with these three guys, and one of them is Yahweh, Mm. right? And he's talking to the other two. Who are the other two? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Who, is it Jesus and the Holy Spirit? I don't know who it is. Is it Gabriel and and Michael the Art? Who it? I don't know. There's two other people there, and he's carrying on a conversation. Abraham's standing there, and, and he's and he's saying all this about Abraham. Do you think I need to keep this from you? It doesn't say they went off and hid by themselves. It doesn't say that Abraham. I'm just saying, guys, and I we don't have. I'm just saying, what if? What if Abraham is standing there and he's listening to this? What would you think if you were standing there listening to it? I would think, what is, what's he fixing to do? What, what's going on? You know, and I would, I would go, wait a minute. You know, this is not the first time Abraham's heard this, that he's going to make him into a great nation. Yeah. You know, he's heard it. And he said, and, and then the last, he said, by doing what is right and just, the Lord will bring about for Abraham what has been promised to him. He said, he's already gotten his marching orders as a parent. And he ain't a parent, except, well, he is with Ishmael. But God's already said that's not where it's coming from. Right, right. So he's fixing to be a parent, and he said, you've got your marching orders to be a parent, what it's going to be like, okay? Here. And he's talking, not to Abraham. It's like, you ever been in a conversation, been a group of folks, and and three of them are talking, and you're standing there and they're not talking to you? Mm-hmm. How's that feel? How can it feel? It can feel pretty Especially if they're bad. talking about you. Yeah. What if they're talking about you? They're talking about him, and they're talking, and he's not included. They didn't say, hey, Abraham, what do you think? They exclude him. I'm just saying, what if he's standing there and, and he's listening? You know, and, and and then it said... Well, I think he is. I think he's standing there. It does sound like it is. Because look at what he says in verse 20. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that it will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. It's very interesting. The men turned away and went towards some, Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. So, so he was there. So he was there. So he's there. And then Abraham approached him and said, now, verse 20 and 21 opens up a very interesting dynamic that we're not going to pursue. Okay. Because there's just two, there's, we could go any which way with this. I think the important thing to take away from 20 and 21 is to understand that God is aware of sin. He is aware of sin. He is aware of the status of the nations. He's aware of what people are doing in different places. And it does not go unnoticed. Yeah. And it will not go unpunished. That's right. Now, there's a lot that can be read into these two verses. I'm not interested in chasing any rabbits. That's not the point of where we're going with this. Oh, Just, it's not the point of what we're trying to get the audience to understand. No. We're trying so, to get the point, the audience, many of them, to understand you need a relationship with God. And here's a God that you can have a relationship with. It is important for us to know and understand that God is the righteous judge. And this is him in 20 and 21 operating as a righteous judge. So we're going to move on from there. If you have questions or anything or you want to get into specifics about that, please feel free to reach out to us. Verse 22, the men turned away and went towards Sodom. 
But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous and the wicked? So Abraham's mind is going right back to who was pitching their tents towards Sodom mm-hmm. and who got swept yeah. up in a way. Yeah. I remember when we talked about it then that mm-hmm. we were going to see Lot in trouble again yeah. Yeah. because of Sodom. Yeah. All right. What if there are, so will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five people? If I find 45 there, I will not destroy it. Now, I'm not going to go through all of this, but he whittles them down. To he, 10. He whittles them down to 10 righteous 10. people. Okay. He said for, and then he answered, for the sake of 10, this is at the very end of the chapter, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. So he was done. And he, and he left, and he departed. So, go back to what we were talking about earlier. Okay. Abraham sits there and kind of whittles down the Lord. And the Lord is just sitting there listening. And I can only imagine the Lord sitting there going, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. Do you think Abraham would have just said, could have just said, what about Lot? Yeah, well. Because we're going to see in the next chapter that that's exactly what he does. God knows and loves Abraham so much that even though he couldn't find ten righteous people in Sodom, he is going to go after the one person that Abraham is worried about and is concerned about. He's going to handle the things that Abraham doesn't even mention here. Abraham, I mean, God is concerned about what goes on in our lives. He absolutely is. He's concerned about what we don't even mention. He's concerned about what uh, what concerns us. He because hears what we the things that we don't even say. Yeah, that's how much yeah. he loves us. Yeah, he knows our minds because yeah. look, Abraham's dancing. Oh well, surely you know uh, you're that righteous judge of the whole earth. You know he's dancing here mm-hmm. and he's whittling God down. And that's pretty. It's it's pretty interesting that Abraham is aware that he, they're that they're not going to find fifty righteous people in Sodom. No, he knows that. Yeah, that's that's incredibly interesting. I, I find that yeah. absolutely fascinating. It speaks to the absolute horrendous conditions Sodom must have been in for Abraham to know that there weren't even going to be yeah. fifty righteous. Because yeah. I mean, if you know. You know, like if, if I were to say this, if I were to have this conversation with the father about the United States, I mean, I would feel very secure at saying, Father, what if there are only 50 righteous people? Will you, will you and, not? And you would be, if you, you would know that there are 50 righteous people. I would know that. I would, I, know don't, that. I would not hesitate to think that. Yeah. And, I, and I could, look, I know the church in Vegas. There's a church in Las Vegas uh, that's very healthy, very active. I'm very well aware of them. I, I mean, even if we were to say, let's bring it down from a nation to a city, you know, and I could say, Father, spare Las Vegas. You know, the city of sin is its nickname, right? Spare them for 50 righteous. And know that there would be 50. But Sodom is so wicked that Abraham is fully aware there's not even 50 righteous people. Yep. Crazy. Blows my mind. But then he whittles, he's whittling him down. 
And God says, look, even for 10 people, I'll spare it. For 10 people, I'll spare it. Knowing that there's not 10 people. And he's not going to spare it, but I'm going to handle what you didn't ask for it to. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty, it blows my mind. But thinking about what we talked about earlier, that how much God loves us, what we've been talking about this whole episode, really, mm-hmm. and how important we are to him and that relationship and how important it is that we talk to him and speak to him. Absolutely. We see that dynamic play out in this chapter. Even though sometimes what we ask for, he cannot do or will not do. Will not Because do. it's not part of the plan. Right. You know, we we don't know all of the all the ins and outs. Just like little Tyson did not know all the ins and outs. He got in the back seat, all right, with his other two brothers, with his other brother and sister, and knows the sister's hurt. He has no idea. He can't drive the car. He can't very well. He can hardly see out the windshield. He doesn't even know where they're going. They just know they're going to get something done. Right. And he he's completely dependent. He has a plan. His plan would be, I want her to stop bleeding. I don't like it that she's bleeding. Mm-hmm. I don't like it that she's hurt. Yeah. He doesn't have a plan of how she makes it stop bleeding because he doesn't know anything. He can't accomplish anything. His daddy can. His daddy and mama can. And what if we stopped and told Tyson, to make it stop bleeding, we're going to have to hurt her? Wow. You know, it's interesting. I find that, a lot of people... He wasn't in there when they put an IV in her arm. I asked Paul, how'd that go? He said, not well. I'm sure not. Yeah. Not well. That that did not go well, man, at all. Because they had to knock her out to get her to get her down enough to where they could they could work on her chin because she was thrashing around so much. You know, and you know, it's it's interesting to me. I've having worked on on the ambulance for a long time, I've recognized that people don't appreciate pain. You know, oftentimes we look at pain as the enemy or something to be hated or feared. But the reality, it's actually a severe. There is a medical condition where you don't feel pain. Your nerve receptors, for whatever reason, don't transmit pain properly. And it's a, it's a huge problem. It's a huge issue. It's, it's a medical condition that will rule your entire life. Um, the reality is pain is actually a very good thing. Yeah. Pain lets us know when we've done something, when we've, when we've overstepped or when we've hurt ourselves. It lets us know to stop that reaction we get when you touch a hot thing and you pull your hand away. That's all due to pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's actually a very good thing, pain. So it's, but it's, it's always fascinated me to, to realize that sometimes if I'm going to help it's you, a, it's going to it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a teacher. It can be. Because I guarantee it'll teach you. you sure. know, I told you all before about Connor, my other grandson, was burning trash in our burning barrel. Remember, remember I told him, I said, that barrel is hot. Do not touch that barrel. And I found him in the swimming pool. And I looked, I saw his arm, and he's got this burn right here. Mm-hmm. And I said, what happened? Nothing. What happened? Nothing. I said, you touched that barrel, didn't you? He, I said, you going to do that again? Nope. <laughs> he's burned trash many times since then. He ain't touched that barrel again. Because it teaches you. Pain will teach you not to, now I ain't going to do that again. That was, that was not smart. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, God, God loves us, folks. Man, he does. He loves, he loves, he wants to hear from you. He wants you to talk to him. I mean, you don't have to do, you don't have to pray like, like I've, like I've got a, a list of, of do's and don'ts. Man, just tell him what's on your mind. Just tell him what, how you feel. Hey, Father, I'm, I'm unhappy. Father, I'm so, I'm overjoyed. Man, we got to do our Wednesday night class last week. 
Man, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was fun to get back to class and just good. get back and have some folks in class and, and not worry about I'm, I'm being taped and somebody else is watching me from, from a thousand miles away. I'm just doing a class. That was fun. You know, we hadn't done it in a long time. And it was, and I, I could hear you in your class. You were down away a bit, but I know that it, it was, it was y'all were doing, y'all were having fun too. It was good. It was a good, it was a good time. That, you know, God needs to, he, he wants to know when you're having a good time. He does, you know. And, and it was, and it was fun because, because the day after, because they're going to see this a week later. But the day after, Tyson is there with his daddy, and Hannah's usually there at our breakfast when she comes, and she wasn't there. They, uh, they kept her at home. And, uh, and, you know, Tyson, you know, got to, got to be with his daddy, his father, the one that just took care of that problem. Does he give him some confidence? Oh, sure it does, you know. He's three, remember? Mm-hmm. He's three. Man, sometimes I feel like I'm three. When I watch God take care of things in your life, man, it gives me a great deal of confidence to walk next to him. Because I know if he took care of your problem, he can take care of mine. And if he took care of mine, he can take care of yours. And and he can take and your problems. I'm telling you, your problems ain't that big. They're not too big. Then what did he say right over here? Is anything? What did he say? How did he put it? Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Giving her a child, she's ninety. We look at it and say, first off, why would you want one? <laughs> but, you know, but you know he doesn't know. He said, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. You know, the 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 apostles look at Jesus and. When the rich young ruler comes up and, and says, you know, I, and Jesus says, what do you need? What do you want? And he said, he said, what do I need to do in here in eternal life? And he said, man, go do everything that the law and the prophets say and do all that stuff. He said, I've done all of that. He said, then go sell everything you have. Follow me. Follow me. And he goes away downcast. And the apostle looked and said, if he can't go, then what about us? Then how? And, and he said, and it says nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. You ain't got a problem big enough that God can't fix. That's a fact. So you need to talk to him about it. And if you need to talk to somebody, a body that, that you can actually hear, then call one of us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love, to, we'd love to, to sit down. We're not going to ask any money from you. We don't want nothing from you. We just want to help. We want to help, to, we want to help you to, to get a, have a relationship with God and to get to heaven. That's, That's what right. we want. You know, isn't it? What we, that, man, we're not asking for nothing. We, we don't need your money. We don't want your money. God's blessing us without asking for anything from you. Just call us if you've got a problem. Hey, if you want somebody to pray with you, we, I'll, I'll pray with you. Call and pray with you. Absolutely. You know, don't let your problems overweight, override the opportunities you have right in front of you to get a relationship with the Father. We'd love to help you. Absolutely. Give us a call. We'd love to help you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this text. Thank you for everything we've learned. We've got so much more to go uh, in chapter 19 that we're going to learn next week. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you for, for what you've taught us through Abraham and Sarah, through two people who doubted, but yet you call them faithful. It gives us hope, Father, that even when we doubt, even when we're not sure, and we're, and we, even when we're struggling, that we can still be looked at by you as faithful because you love us and we're your children. And thank you, Father, for that. Bless us, Father, as we study and as we make this a part of our own lives. And and thank you for your Son. We know that everything we have, everything we are, and everything we're going to have is because of Him. And it's in His name that we pray. Amen. Amen.